Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So what number is this? Do you know? 58. No! Uh, it's number 50... 53? <laughs> number 50. <laughs> so I talked to Sam and Lynn about blue collar versus white collar. They both grew up blue collar. We all three grew up blue collar and we all three now live in a white collar world. And I grew up blue collar. You did not blow up. No. You are white collar. I grew up pink collar. You you grew up you grew very up white no collar. No collar, Isla. I'm hey. a no collar. What does that mean? Well, blue collar and white collar kind of speaks to a lot of things. It speaks to your culture and it also kind of speaks to what kind of job you have and what kind of income you make. Um, neither one of them is better than the other. They're just a little different. And I thought it would be really interesting to talk to those two ladies because they're the only two other people who went from one type of collar to another. Most people just stay where they are. Like if dad was born white collar and he's still white collar, it's very odd for someone like me to be born blue collar and all of a sudden be in a white collar world. It's not crazy odd, but it, it's not it's not the norm either so blue collar is like the so there's like classes so sort of blue but what's like bajillion badam badamana what do you mean like really rich people yeah they're usually white collar people usually. and then usually yeah i mean there's no absolute in anything but like papa jay's a mechanic that's a blue collar job anybody that kind of works with their hands like that is a blue collar job like a plumber or an electrician those guys make as much money as a lot of people in the white collar world it's just kind of a different way of thinking and living so uh, hey, maybe you should listen to the podcast yeah Isla. maybe you should listen to the podcast oh, yeah, uh, it was a good one i thought we had really good uh insightful conversation so i hope you enjoy it as well uh episode number 53 Uh, you know that on Amazon you can make a Christmas list for yourself and then you can send that list to someone who wants to know or your kids, not just obviously. I had my kids start a Christmas list on Amazon. So when Nana says, hey, what do they want? I just send them oh, the link yeah, yeah. to their Amazon list and she can go bye, 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 bye. And she's done. So it's it's easy for everybody. That's good because then you know that that thing is bought. Like yeah. my kids write it out and then they give copies and then I don't know who got what. Yes, exactly. Got, yeah. You know what was bought, and then yeah, good. they picked it out, so you know they want it, and it's kind of a win-win-win-win-win. I love that. 
I'll have to, I'll have to have remember. the kids do it. There's also another app called Elfster. You yep. know this Elfster? I love Elfster. Elfster's awesome. It's like a Secret Santa app. Yeah. And you can put your list on that app. So you can draw names for Secret Santa and then yeah. your Secret Santa can see the things you want. Or you can just not mm-hmm. Secret Santa and send anybody your Elfster list. That's another good Elfster.com. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm so excited about this podcast. <laughs> I have been dying to talk about this. I heard a podcast in October on Hidden Brain, which is a podcast. He did an episode called Voting With Your Middle Finger. So it was really about trying to figure out why, kind of why Trump won. Right? Why Trump won. But that's not what fascinated me about this episode. That was fascinating. And there's a lot of other things in this episode besides what I want to talk about. But the thing that really fascinated me was his first guest was a woman named Joan Williams. And she is a law professor. And she studies gender and class. And she's written a book called White Working Class. So she broke down kind of um, our country a little bit. So she broke it down like this. People who are considered poor, their median household income is $19,000 a year. And that's about 30% of our population. And then the top, the managerial, the top earners, um, is about 20% of our population. So the middle class or the working class who has a median income of about $70,000 a year is 53% of our population right okay uh to give you kind of a perspective so half the people are either really rich or really poor Mm -hmm. and then the other half are middle working class people so i grew up very blue collar um as did the two of you you grew up with blue collar parents there were obviously educated people my aunt went to college both my aunts went to college but they were still you know a nurse and a teacher they're still very much in this kind of general median income area But the things that she was talking about that really fascinated me was the differences between white collar and blue collar people. Um, And all three of us find ourselves today living in a white collar world, right? I married a white collar guy. Lynn, you married a white collar guy. I don't know. Was Bill a white collar guy from growing up? Um. I don't know about from growing up, but definitely that's what he... He is now, right. Yes, he created for himself. So what I found fascinating in this uh, podcast was she said, um, she said a lot of stuff, but the thing that really got me was the difference in identity of those classes. So in her studies, she discovered that blue-collar people identify themselves or or have they develop their identity based on their community and their community is very small and usually very self-contained and it's usually somewhere they've lived their whole lives like Bowden Georgia like where I grew up and white collar people identify themselves by what they do or their achievements Mm. so Mm. the disparity that's happened between the classes in her assessment is as simple as this interaction she described. Her husband was blue collar, grew up in the Rust Belt. She is a fourth generation lawyer, went to Yale, Harvard, and MIT. <laughs> so you could say yeah. she's white collar. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she married a blue collar guy, right? So they go back to his um, high school reunion. And uh, it's clear to her that everybody there is working class. 
except for her and her husband. And her husband goes up to this guy that she was that he was friends with in high school and says, you know, chit chat and then goes, so what do you do for a living? And he got beat red, furious and said, I sell toilets. And she said from that interaction, she realized that her husband had offended him because he does not identify himself with what he does. He identifies himself with his value within the context of his community and his ability to go to a job that he hates, that he's loyal to, that he's ethically doing well in and take care of his family by doing that. And that's who he identifies with. And it is offensive to him to have a white collar guy come in and go, so what do you do? Because it doesn't define who he is. I thought that was fascinating. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, I don't really know. I can kind of relate, though. I mean, growing up in Fremont, which is weird because it is just like 25 minutes out of, away from San Francisco. So it's and it's like 20 minutes from Silicon Valley. So it's this it's not like this, you know isolated area but it's very much community oriented and i don't fit in like i don't i don't like going home i don't like going back there because it's always about you know my dad will call me he'll be like oh so and so died and i'm like okay what do you want me to do about <laughs> like not like that's a bad thing like i'm sorry you know whoever it was passed away but it's not who i am right and so not that i identify like who i am as a lawyer or anything like that i just i can understand like the community and so when you you go and you ask like what is it that you do i can understand because that's not important to them it's their people that are important to it's them. it's the people that yeah. that's important to them yeah and i think my dad i think my dad gets upset when i'm not as upset or bothered or whatever about things that he is when it happens to people that i knew growing up but i don't really have a relationship with them any longer right and so he that's a philosophical difference that he and I have that makes it hard to relate right at this current time in my life right so I can kind of understand that um I don't know you see what she's talking about I do see what she's talking about yeah I absolutely see what she's talking about 100% um what about you what do you think about that um I totally understand it and I do I do I mean you know where where I grew up it was like you were doing drugs or selling drugs or making them whatever but um, the thing is, though, I was thinking about it. It's like, what do you make for small talk? That's what everybody asks. The weather. Well, I mean, I get like, hey, how's the weather outside? Like, if you like, how do you get to know somebody? Oh, it's I such know an the answer to this. Conversation. No, I mean, I know how. I know how to do that. I'm good at that. I was thinking about this the other day. I have this really not to be braggy or anything, but I can talk to freaking anybody. I can talk to anybody in any class where I get uncomfortable is when I talk to someone who is a fourth generation lawyer and goes to Yale, Harvard, and MIT. And yes. I go, check, please. I don't know what to say to you. Yes. But my plumber all day long, the the homeless guy, if he's not scary crazy all day long, I talk to that guy. Here's what you ask him. How you doing? How's your family? Mm-hmm. Do you go anywhere fun this summer? You know, what what are you watching on TV now? All that stuff is people, even poor people in the in the nineteen thousand and under can answer all of those questions. Right, it's what it's we all consider superficial mm-hmm. today. 
it's what we consider superficial yeah just like a superficial conversation you're just kind of making chit chat like they don't like i don't have any deep conversations when i go home oh no no no! the conversations are totally but different it is. it's about family it's about weather it's about the price of gas yeah every time my dad comes here <laughs> oh my god i can't believe the price of gas i can't believe you pay enough for gas i mean oh okay so it's it's that but yeah i think the problem is i think is a lack of the elite the lack of um compassion yeah and and allowance that their world is as important and has as much dignity as any other world what does he need I'm me sorry. what no she kept saying that she will lose ear pods no did you hear that? Oh, my God. In the middle of my podcast. Does he know what's happening Yes. Right now? I called him before does. and I said, is there anything that you need? Because I'm about to step into a podcast. And he goes, <laughs> well, nope, I'm good. I guess so. What a sucker. <laughs> anyway, I, something she was talking about here, which goes in line with kind of what I'm saying, I thought was really interesting. She said what she found in her studies was that the elite or the upper 20%, stereotypes the white working class as stupid, racist losers, which gives them an excuse to hit the mute button. Misuse of anti-racism as snobbery is what she found that to be, and it's not helping the situation in our country. And I actually agree with her. Wow. I agree with her almost 100%. Yeah. Because when we were talking with your dad, Sam, about my grandfather, who... Anybody in this elite community I live in would see as a racist uh, because he used the word N-word as opposed to the word black. I, I You don't see the whole person. You see that you, you see that one thing and now mm-hmm. you've made a judgment on the whole person. Not the fact that my grandfather would buy 20 hams and barbecue them to raise money to build a building at a church he wasn't even a member of. The fact that the the... A factory in the middle of town started burning down and he drove five miles into town to pull hose for the fire department i'm sorry that's a really good human being mm-hmm. that he gave away more money than he made 90 percent of the time and that he was really good to everybody that worked for him black or white but if you heard him say the n-word as a description not as a derogatory term you would label him as a racist and i think that's wrong now obviously that's not someone of our generation our generation using that word is a different deal. Yes. But he was born in like 1920. So I think that happens a lot. I think that's why Trump got elected. Is I think that they, because here's another statistic she said, which I found fascinating about them. Um, in Trump's election, she believes it was a revolt. She said that Clinton had 500 counties that voted for her. Trump had 2,600 counties that voted for him. Of the 500 counties that Clinton had as voters, they made up two-thirds of our gross national product. Trump's made up one-third. That is a clear, clear delineation between voters, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's that's middle class. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just found this information so fascinating to think those of us who are liberal and enlightened and of the people may not be so liberal 
and enlightened and of the people. If you can't look at every person yeah. and accept some part of who they are. I mean, our whole country was built on diversity, uh, the freedom to to worship whatever religion you chose. Right. And now I feel like we're at a place where nobody will allow anybody to be who they are on either side. I mean, I'm not saying the working the white working class is is perfect. I'm just saying I don't think we make an effort to understand where they come from. What do you think about that? I didn't mean for this to be a political discussion. I meant for it to be about class. No. I, I mean, I agree 100%. And you don't you have can't. to agree with me. I don't, I, I'm fine if you don't, please. <laughs> no, but I'm, but it's so true. You can't say anything out of fear of offending somebody else or like, like, I mean, we were just kind of talking about it. Just the honesty. You can, you're not free to be honest or yourself. Right. And, um, about anything like the man was um offended and turned red in the face because that is like an offensive like could be an offensive job or a terrible job or does not weigh who he is as a person but that's the society that we've kind of moved into where that's like the second question right not that i like to ask that question about what do you do because i don't really care what right. anybody does yeah unless you are a lawyer and then i'm like i don't know what to talk to you either yeah, like, yeah, right <laughs> sorry lynn <laughs> like okay um but we've our society has moved so much in that direction and i don't know how you, how do you get it like how do you get it back to not being that far right left i don't know how, what you want to say how do you get it back lynn <laughs> oh i have all the answers you i know that's why i'm asking <laughs> no. you no i don't know i i have no idea because it, it seems like to me a lot of the problem is it's not so much as not hearing the other side it's just not understanding and not like for instance take abortion like I feel like for one side it's just like we want to have that option open and available to everybody it's not saying everyone has to have it right but then you have the other side who says no that's wrong it's more it's immoral whatever yeah but it doesn't necessarily like for I have a hard time for me because I'm like but what does it matter then these people choose not to right utilize it but why cut up cut off access to those that do right and so that's where I I'll admit, like I have some, I have some problems understanding that, right? Because totally. Because I'm, I'm not saying you don't have to do it. Like I understand that that's their personal belief, but just don't cut off other people's belief. Just have it yeah. available. I agree. And that's, but it hasn't been that. Now it's you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And those you should just not have it. There's like the like you said, there is no middle ground. Mm -hmm. I'm more middle ground. Have it. You don't have to use it. Just have it access to it right. for those people that need it. Or and, and, and that's not just about abortion. It's about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about healthcare. It's about yeah. military. It's about almost every issue. You can yeah. kind of just like the military. What does it matter to to me? What does it matter? Whatever their sexual preference is, if they can sign up and they can physically do everything that they need to do, right? What does it matter? Right. So why I I have a problem with everyone. You know the part of the country that says oh you can't be gay and be in the military because to me that's just not an identifying thing if right. they can do the job who cares it doesn't matter it's discriminant it's and so discriminatory. i have a problem with that when 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 people are trying to push their beliefs when it doesn't matter you can have your beliefs just don't cut off access to other people because they might believe differently than you i agree totally um i agree and i don't know how do how do you possibly shift that because it, it has to be a, it has to be a way of thinking and right now everything is too polarized so then let me ask you this going back to the to the i forgot the term she used but there's some term when you 
change classes in whatever direction (laughs) so in coming from blue collar going to white Mm -hmm. collar uh did you have any feelings about that or any transitional times about that anything that was odd did you feel out of place in the blue collar world and you got to the white collar world and you're like oh this is what i'm talking about or was it the opposite do you have anything like that i think i feel um a little bit of both in both of them where like i'll go back to maybe that environment and i'm like oh i don't fucking belong here like Mm -hmm. i don't i just it just doesn't feel right but then in the other realm of white collar it's like well i'm not really sure where i fit into this either because it doesn't completely feel like myself in either place right there's pieces of home in either one but neither one of them feel like yes this is exactly where i'm supposed to be right it feels like i don't like this is this isn't the world that i grew up in so i don't really know how to relate to you living in this realm of you know money or whatever you want to right call it being self-involved sometimes obviously not everyone who's white collar is self-involved obviously but it i mean it happens everywhere i guess in blue collar too but do you feel that way too oh i don't belong anywhere like (laughs) i i don't i that's how i feel like i feel guilty that i left you know because everyone i grew up stayed in fremont Mm -hmm. and it's really uncomfortable for me to go there because i just you know there there is a little bit of the you know she's too good for us you're uppity i'm uppity yeah (laughs) and i'm like you know i don't like i'm the only one that went to college i'm the only one that went to grad school um i'm the only professional if you want you know like yeah i'm I'm a lawyer and they're you know work at jc penney's or um whatever else that that, that they may do and i just and like it's 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 also i don't know if you experience this when you go home like when i go home i'm expected to like make the rounds at like 30 different places yes and it's exhausting yeah and I just don't have the wheelhouse to do that anymore. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't relate, and they don't. I don't. I don't know. I just, I don't feel comfortable there. Mm-hmm. But then when I come here, I don't feel comfortable here either. Like I remember, um, like I was driving home from work one day, or I left work early, and my dad's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a massage," and he's like oh, that's pretty Hollywood of you. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell? Or like I was at, um, it was when Eric's mom was really, really ill and we'd been at the hospital all night and I like left the hospital like probably like 2 a.m. and I came home and cleaned my entire house. Yeah. And his aunt was like, we don't clean. We have house cleaners. By the way, I've never had house cleaner. Right. I still don't. But it's like, what a weird thing to yeah. say. It was just yeah. such a weird thing to say. So I totally feel like I don't I don't belong in either way, but I have a lot of guilt about both. I have a lot of guilt. It's like going home. I have a lot of guilt for not going home. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel guilty like when, you know, Eric's family, we go to, I'll go to Hawaii or something. And it's like, we don't do anything with my family. But that's just my family. Their family time is sitting on the couch as long as you're present, that is what matters. Right. Where Eric's family is like, let's go out and do something. And right. so it's it's just a very weird culture shock. And so it is really hard to, it. and I still feel it to this day. I've been here for 15, 16 years. Yeah, I have the same experiences, uh, somewhat. Uh, as I've 
uh, I feel really comfortable when I go to Bowden. I do have to make the rounds a little bit, and that is really exhausting. But I always think, you know, I always think about my grandmother. This may be the last time I'll see her. I have to go see her. And uh, I only see them one day a year. I have to go. I mean, and and I want to go, but it is really exhausting. I feel like a lot of the times... um, I feel similar in that it took me a long time to get comfortable in in the white collar world. And I think what made me comfortable is just accepting that I'm just not like most people in the white collar world. And that's okay. And I don't need to be like them. And they don't need to be like me. And sometimes I remember getting upset about things when I, Bert and I first got married that he just, I don't think, understood. And I think it came from coming growing up blue collar oh, where you... Uh, thought about things in a different way, like um, like buying Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. Christmas gifts had to be really meaningful because we had no money. So you really had to think about what am I going to give you? And you, you had to kind of plan and you had to figure it out and you had to budget and you had to, you know, really put a lot of that kind of thought into buying gifts and Bert would just go shopping on Christmas Eve and just spend so much money that I would have a heart attack. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Why would you go Christmas Eve? Everything is so expensive that day. And you just bought something you thought would be cool instead of thinking, what would yeah. she like? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that that might have been a bit of a difference in the 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 class system than it was a difference in personality. I think, uh, and even the traveling we would, as a kid, we camped all the time because it's fucking cheap. Yeah. I never went anywhere <clears throat> until I got to be an adult. And then I started traveling going, wow, traveling's really great. But even to this day, my dad almost prefers to camp. Like it's in his comfort zone is what she was talking about, that, that people don't quit their sphere very often. They stay in their sphere yeah. because their identity yeah. is connected to that sphere. So I wonder how much of that, uh, this is getting even deeper, I guess, but how much of that is actually genetic? Like how much of that is DNA? Because I was born in that sphere, in that sphere, in the (laughs) sphere, in the sphere. I was born to two blue collar parents, right? So, and my dad from a young age kept going, you will not stay in Bowden, Georgia. That's the difference. You're not going to stay there. That's the difference. You have one parent saying you're going to get out. But my dad wasn't even, you were going to get out. He didn't want me to get out. Yeah, but he knew that you needed something else. He knew I didn't, I've always belonged. And I never felt like I didn't belong. Mm -hmm. But I I guess I didn't belong. You know, I I was really unhappy there. Mm -hmm. So to be happy, I had to leave. Yeah. But I mean. But you had a parent, you had a parent that did that for you. Like my dad did that for me. He was like. Because, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Every girl says whatever, you know, oh, I want to be a model. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I, um, my dad's sister was married to a man who was, an, he was a lawyer. And they would take me on trips and do things that, like, get, put braces on my teeth, things that my family couldn't afford. Right. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. Because I, I was thankful for all these opportunities. And my dad was like, so when I graduated high school, I was like, oh, I don't know, like, we had no college counseling, nothing. Yeah. And so I was just going to go to a local community college because that's what everyone does. And my dad's like, you're not doing that. You're going to a four-year school. You're going to San Jose, you know, go to San Jose State, go to Santa Clara, wherever you want to go, but you're not going to to go to Loney. That was the college, um, the community, like community college. college. And he's like, because you won't 
leave. Like right. no one mm-hmm. really, you go to community college for two years, but no one really makes that jump right. to college and to whatever. So he really pushed me. And I remember my dad and my aunt getting in an argument about it because my, my aunt's like, oh, you know, money, it makes money sense, you know, to go do two years there, then move on. And my dad's like, no, she's not doing that. She's going to a four-year school. And so he really pushed me to go to the four-year school and then pushed me to go to law school, right. which had he not done that, I mean, I don't know if I would or wouldn't have done it. It's hard to say now, but he pushed me. So I had that one person saying, nope, you're going to do something. You're right. going to move on. Well, you know what's interesting about that is uh, I had that too, obviously my dad, but I have the guilt you're talking about too. <clears throat> feel terrible for leaving. Uh, and he he sometimes doesn't help me feel better. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, sometimes he still lets me know. It was oh. not okay that I left. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he knew I couldn't stay. So yeah. um, that guilt is really hard. I don't feel guilty that I made a choice that led me to success, that my other friends or family didn't make a choice. I think that a lot of the people back in my hometown are actually really happy people. You know, mm-hmm. they love, especially I go see my cousins. I'm like, you are the three of the happiest motherfuckers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You just, no shirt, gun on your belt, like <laughs> in a boat every weekend. You're happy as pig in mud. So why would I ever ask that person to quote elevate themselves when yeah. they're perfectly happy what they're doing and actually i have a blast when i do it with them you yeah. know but it is a weird it is a weird thing to go from from one place to another in that way i find it very strange i think i find i think where it gets where i start to battle is with my kids like when I think about what my life was growing up yeah. and it would never be nearly as bad for them right. as it was for me. But, um, you know, they're in such a, sometimes I'm upset that like it's at the level that it is for them right. because they, because there's just no like grasping what really matters oh yeah which is part of you know which is part of my parenting but it's also part of the town that we live in like that it's that's when when you're around a a society that lives that way it's hard to raise them different because then you're the odd man out and who wants to be the odd man out but i have a really i have the internal battles when i with around them and not that i indulge them and i don't spoil them but you know, they don't want for anything. That's for sure. And right. I did always. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, fuck, I just, I, I want you to like kind of just, it makes a better person. It does make a better person. I agree with you. Yeah. That is the hard part. How do you, how do you make it rough for them without making it rough for them? Right. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I know. Yeah. We had this uh, uh, the other day. Bert was like, Isla was being a fucking asshole every morning. She's a, an asshole like no no holds barred uh she's an asshole when she wakes up in the morning and we i've been trying to parent her uh, through it and parent her and parent her and pert finally sat down i was like this is it i think what we're gonna have to do is uh show you another world so i think i'm gonna get you up really early and take you downtown to the homeless shelter and let you see how the kids at the homeless shelter get ready for school and what they're doing to get ready for school. And then, you know, we adopted a family for Christmas and we got their Christmas list. And their list is 
warm clothes for winter and school supplies mm-hmm. i mean it's not toys yeah books books warm clothes for winter and school supplies and bert was like do you see what is happening here you can have anything you want and these kids are asking for pencils because yeah. they don't have them how do we get you to understand so that you have some kind of perspective on how incredibly lucky you are and find some fucking humility instead of isla basically wakes up with her middle finger just up (laughs) every day (laughs) she's gotten better since that speech actually it's been two weeks and she's a lot better Mm. but it is hard i mean i didn't grow up as rough nearly as you did but i definitely couldn't just go buy whatever i wanted or you know i mean my dad spoiled me for sure but we weren't we weren't rich by any means not like this white collar world we live in where you know we're going to bat mitzvahs that cost as much as a wedding and i go seriously <laughs> Ours will not. <laughs> yours will not okay will good not. i'll be much more comfortable yes. <laughs> thank you very much much will be very comfortable <laughs> thank you very much and uh, we went to this fundraiser for school and mom and dad were co-hosting it and i was like she looks so amazing she clearly had a stylist for this and i kept thinking to myself i hope i because bert is who he is i hope we are never asked to do that because i wouldn't even go get my hair blow dried you know i would would, just show up my rinky dink self you know i just don't know how i don't think like that like it would never occur to me that's another thing that's difficult about being in a white collar world when you group blue collar she had this other thing i wrote down so much of what she said um, I loved this podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. It was really thought-provoking. But she had said, uh, one of the reasons that blue-collar families have a hard time deciding to send their children to secondary education is because a lot of the time they feel like it's a lot of money spent without a guarantee of money return. Mm-hmm. So it's a big risk for that family, yeah. whereas a white-collar family can absorb that risk, and a blue-collar family can't absorb that risk. So, And then they did this study where they sent uh, resumes out uh, for college applications, they created this woman created these two sets of resumes one had uh ex- they had the exact same grades exact same high school uh same credentials except for their extracurricular one played water polo and the other um did like uh some listed like country western dancing as their extracurricular and then the water polo had something else that was clearly very white collar and then the other one had something else that was clearly very blue collar and the white collar water polo application got 16 percent more no sorry 16 times more acceptance letters than the country western dancing one did 16 times more so for a blue collar family thinking okay here's pj saying i'm going to send lynn to a four-year college but there's that very real risk that she's not going to get in Mm -hmm. and then how do we afford it when she does get in and that doesn't even guarantee her a job when she gets out yeah so why am i doing that why would i encourage that why would i encourage her to be disappointed i was like that's a terrible thing to hear wow Uh, it was really hard to hear because i thought no wonder i mean back when i went to school like four or five of us went to college and the other 70 people i graduated with went to work 
you know, or went to technical school and got a two-year degree and are radiologists or, you know, whatever, plumbers, um, very valuable parts of society that didn't need a four-year degree because that's a much safer investment on your return. But you stay, again, in the same sphere. You're in the same community, in the same sphere. And that's a way of kind of elevating yourself without elevating out of your class, Mm -hmm. I guess, so to speak. Well, I definitely didn't inherit that um, mindset of the blue collar because I just feel like you live life and you try and you do everything that you possibly can and who like who knows what the fuck is going to happen at the end of it. Yeah. So I guess maybe I have a little bit more. I don't have money for it, but like, <laughs> you know, I just didn't. You have more hope. I Yeah. Like, yes. What are what else are you? What, what else is there to do? Why would you not try any of it and all of it? Because you don't know what's going to happen. That or. Why don't you uh, start a family and make that your priority, mm-hmm. which is what she was saying there. They identify yeah. themselves or yeah. blue collar people identify themselves by their community and by their kids. And they go to work for 40 years at a job they hate because it takes care of their family and allows them this identity that's involved in their whole community, um, which is in in fact quite valuable yeah it's invaluable i mean she says in there when i turn my faucet on during the day some big thinker didn't make that happen for me right somebody blue collar made that happen for me and the elitists who choose snobbery and choose not to listen to the real issues the middle class have uh not the racism that is perceived or not not the negativity the the forcing of the their own religious agenda to to throw all of it out is not right either i agree with that she was saying this thing too about um oh i just thought of it and now it went out of my head because i am perimenopausal did you re-listen to it and write i've listened to it four times now i have listened to to it four times i listened to it again twice this morning um shit i forgot what i was thinking of but um oh she was talking about um allowing everybody their dignity that that doesn't seem to be happening in either mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. that the blue collar is not allowing the white collar their dignity and vice versa and i think that is absolutely true um because you only see that one piece that doesn't resonate with your piece so then yeah. you go well then i'm not listening to you instead of saying no oh I, that's not what i was thinking um in since 1970 the wages for the working class have tanked so all people born in the 1940s all people she said virtually all people did better financially than their parents if they were born in the 40s obviously the depression was in the 30s but how does that affect your self-esteem and your worth is that you know that you've done better than your parents since the 1970s and well she said today less than half of the population does better than their parents how does that make them feel about who they are and what their value is at either class Mm -hmm. she said that is across the board either class they're about half the people are doing as well or better than their parents that's terrible so if oh. what we're saying is jobs, 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 if that's what the middle class is saying, we're saying, yeah. well, look, unemployment rates doing great. We're doing great and, you know, everything's fine. It's actually actually not fine if half the people in this country are doing worse than their parents before them. 
And think about how lucrative the 80s were. That was a really powerful time financially in our country in a lot of ways. But now we're not even not even half the people that made me upset. (laughs) Do you suppose that that is partly because there there is a generation of kids who have not been made to do anything? I don't know. It's a good question. So they can, you know, just sit around and not get a job or everything's kind of handed to them. Is that I, I, I mean, I wonder. I wonder, too, because there is a generation of people now who ju- who did not have to work and everything is handed to them and they don't know how to survive any real world situation. Well, yeah, I mean, there used to be you used to be, get cut off from your parents. You got cut off from your parents, so you had to get a job. You had to do something. Now I think parents are much more likely to help, so maybe there's not that as much drive. Yeah. I don't know if you got cut off from your parents as much as you had the drive to be cut off yourself, to say, no, I'm moving into adulthood, and I am taking care of myself, and that is part of your self-esteem, you know, is that you say, I don't take help from my parents. I'm moving on. Uh, I don't think that happens as much there's more of a path of least resistance nowadays, you know, of, oh, well, if I can just crash at my parents' house, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. And the parents are okay with that. And and I guess maybe that's part of it. I wonder how much, <laughs> not to get in a totally different uh, conversation, but I wonder how much the um, drug problem has to do with it. There are so many people yes. who have serious drug problems in blue collar community. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that is a legit epidemic, yeah. I think. So that to your point of these statistics, how many of them are that as well? Yeah. Um, good question. And people sitting asking, you know, for money. I mean, it definitely the work ethic is not what it used to be. So I just I wonder how much of that in what generations and what ages is it well i also think that it has something to do with like now we're more moving towards like what can i create what and yeah the generation is more like let me get that quick fix like whether it's like i know like my brother-in-law is always trying to come up with like the best get rich quick scheme yeah like oh i can you know i'm i what about an app that does this and you're like okay you're just not that person like you're not right, going to be right. deadline but i think that there's this the newer junior generation mm-hmm. is and they are very much of i'm going to get you know i'm going to blog what the fuck is that like that's someone makes a shitload of money on youtube being a youtube star i remember we were at the movies the other day and, and they're like oh that's so and so that's you and i was like they're famous i'm like who the fuck are they there's some youtube thing right and that's that's like we have all these ways that people can make money well, they're perceived ways. They're perceived ways, yes. yes. But I think like, so parents indulge that more. Right. And then, you know, then their parents are paying for their living expenses and they're taking their money and they're buying, you know, the designer things, the luxury cars or whatever. And I think that that is part of the problem. It's not, I think it's not people, I think we've moved towards, away from, I'm going to make a living. I'm going to make a life. Versus so, now it's just, I'm going to have fun and I'm going to try to make mm-hmm. money while I'm having fun. We've moved mm-hmm. into dreams and away from hard work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And hard work is hard to come by. Yeah. Well, I know well, another thing she said in this episode was that um, the blue collar really uh, 
is hard work is really important to both classes. That's somewhere where both classes have the one thing that is really in common is they both believe in hard work as a class. Mm-hmm. And you think about how many hardworking people are blue collar and how many hardworking people are white collar. You know, lawyers working 12 hours a day, six, yeah. seven days a week. My husband is working seven days a week for months on end. That's a common ground that we can both agree on. Hard work is an important part of your life. But to talk about that diminishment, you know, of of income and of the self-esteem sort of, she was talking in this episode, too, about um, when sitcoms changed. Like in the 70s, Archie Bunker showed up. And Archie Bunker was clearly like a racist blathering sexist idiot and the parent the children were smarter than he was Mm -hmm. he was super entertaining but he devalued the blue collar person as far as their intellect goes right homer simpson did the same thing according to her assessment homer's always is like and marge knows more than he does and so do the kids and they always outsmart him so then societally the elites who are the writers of these shows are portraying the blue class as stupid Mm -hmm. racist and that's being fed to society so it is changing the honorability of being blue collar she said if you go to post offices from the 30s and 40s there are all these murals mosaics of all these hard-working people people who built the nation the people who built the railroads and carpenters and all these construction people all over these murals and they stopped at a certain point she believes that back in those days that type of hard work was considered very socially honorable and somehow it shifted away from that so that type of work was socially dishonorable because part of the reason is all probably i'm sure more than archie bunker but if you think about it that's pretty fascinating that about the, the 70s, things, a lot of things in the world started changing in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. I mean, can you think, how many sitcoms can you think of that are like Father Knows Best or Leave It to Beaver where dad's the breadwinner and mom is a great support. And, you know, not that that's necessarily realistic either, but at the same time, at least ha- dad had some honor. Mm-hmm. Whereas Archie Bunker, <laughs> you know, if you break it down, he's not a super honorable guy. No. <laughs> and if that's how that if that's how blue collar is being portrayed, and that's what's going into the psyche of the public, that's not okay. You know? Yeah. My dad's a very honorable guy. Mechanic would never cheat anybody out of anything if you ask him to show up he is there on time and ready to go works his ass off you know much time he dedicated to our elementary school and the farm he built structure after structure for what because it was part of his community it was community building yeah Mm -hmm. it wasn't for money it wasn't for glory it was because it needed to be done and that's how he gained value in himself and i don't see that happening a lot lately um i don't know that it's gonna happen i really don't know how we get back to that because how do every, we because everything i mean saying the youtube thing it's like every all of our kids watch youtube so then they see that it's like this oh well you, you could i mean they get paid mom if you let me stay home and play Fortnite every day all day long <laughs> i'll be so fucking amazing and i'll be rich and i'm like are you kidding right uh-huh no you're kidding but that's the society that they're yeah. now living and they don't believe i mean 
I was at a concert with Dakota and there were there were these good group of kids there and I mean it was all kids but it was Billie Eilish but all the the entire crowd screaming about these this a couple of these guys and I'm like who, who are they because they're young I don't know who they're YouTube stars you would think they were like amazing like, Bruno like top yeah. notch yeah like yeah. Uh, yeah. you know famous super famous artists the entire place was screaming for the YouTube artist. Right. It was like, what? Yeah. What really world are we living what in do now? What they do on YouTube? That is, I don't even know. Stupid shit. Apparently, they like cut apparently open they squeaky do balls. Stupid shit. Probably. <laughs> like it's two stupid. brothers that do. I don't know. They they're yeah. famous for doing stupid shit. But the crowd erupted like it must have been the most amazing person. And I was like, yeah. it's a YouTube star. This is our society now. Right. This is our world now. Yeah. Like there's no honorable anything about I I don't it's or so being crazy. blue collar is no longer honorable. Right. Well, like for you to graduate high school and go, I want to be a plumber, people are like, A plumber? Yeah. Yeah. And but that's it, amazing. You know how much money plumbers make? Well, they're always needed. Yes. But I think there's also I think it's just society in general. Like, think about it. When we went to school, we didn't after school, what did you do? Did you go to lessons? Did you eat? No. Nothing. No. no. You went out and you just played and you experienced and you grew. Yep. And like now between this project or that project or, I mean, Sydney this week had a spelling test, language arts test, social studies test, has a planet project, needs to make her something for her <laughs> her secret snowflake. This is just one week. And then She's has to do fifth a grade. timeline project. I'm like, what the fuck? It's one week before christmas vacation and your teacher's just piling all this shit on right but that's now what we're valuing as a society is these test scores but but i don't value that no but i don't either you and i don't but our kids are the kids do in that that reality yeah because sydney's like i'm i'm just gonna fail math and i was like okay i don't understand the math so (laughs) (laughs) good luck with that sydney you're on your own oh i went to law school i should i mean but it was it's awful and it's like she doesn't we they don't get time to be to work to be a person and they don't get time to be a kid and that's where so much of this social and who you are and who you become really develop at this age and they don't have time for that anymore i know it's and so we're raising assholes I, I mean, not well, that only we are. Land. <laughs> Just, only fifty percent, but um, only fifty percent in my house too. George is lovely in the morning, <laughs> but the whole point is that we aren't taking time. Like it's just it. I think it's come to what we value, and we want the best for our kids, and we want them to succeed, and that means that they're unfortunately not succeeding as being a person, as being a good human being. But if we're all sitting here saying we don't agree with this society that we're talking about, that that is, that is their reality, uh, why is it still their reality? Does that make sense? No, yeah. it makes yeah, it makes sense. It's because there's three of us and three million other people out. Like I just think that maybe we should start our own school. Lynn, will you teach? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I'm, Let's do it. But that's funny because we're looking at high schools and for Carter, and I'm like. Because he's not happy at where he's at right now. But um, I was like, well, what do you want? Like, what? He went to one high school and he thought he liked that. And then we went to another high school and he's like, oh, I kind of like it. And we went to another thing. And he was like, you know, I think I need small. 
I need small. I need to, I need to like know my teachers. I need to know the students. And I just, I'm not getting that. And I was like, okay, good. Like that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Now we know what you're looking for. Yeah, narrow it down. But I wouldn't have thought that, but he said he wants to know his teachers. He wants to be able to where he can talk to his teachers. He wants to be able to have good relationships with, with people, which he feels he's lacking right now. And so I'm like, okay, these are all good things. Yeah. And but he just he's he's craving that like one community he's craving community yeah Mm -hmm. and he's not getting that where he's at right now right and so it's like they were not allowed to have that because we're so jam-packed in the schools we're so jam-packed in our day right where he just doesn't they don't get a lot of chances go on their bike and ride all around and do whatever you know without someone else breathing down their neck or you know i had I didn't even want to let Sydney walk to the end of the street because God only knows everyone's so busy. They're not looking when they back all their driveways yeah. or someone's going to, neighbor's going to see and like she's unsupervised and call the police. You know, just all these things that we never had to think about. No, we didn't have to think about it. That's one thing, everybody, as you're talking, it's one thing I really like about Georgia's school is that they have 15 minutes between every class. And that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. So that they have 15 minutes to socialize, to be a human, to go to the bathroom, to eat yeah. a snack if you're hungry, to go talk to somebody in the office if you need to, so that it's just not all business. And they have um, a lot of community service days that happen during school. Mm-hmm. So they they go to school, but then they get on a bus and go downtown and work at the food bank or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's part of that's part of the um, the culture of that high school yeah. is that it's not just about your grades. It's about who you are as a person and you need to have time to goof off with your girlfriends for 15 minutes before you start thinking about something again. That's so rare. It's so rare. I feel so lucky yeah. that we found this school. I mean, the traffic sucks to get to it. It was two hours <laughs> round trip the other day to pick her up from softball oh, when shit. it was raining. Yes. Two hours. It yeah, took me. Ridiculous. It was terrible. Yeah. But, but, it doesn't rain much in LA. So <laughs> no, it <laughs> thank God. it's two days. Thank God. It was just two days. So, but, but anyway, think about that. You're right. I immeasurable think right. experience that she's getting and how she can yes. relate to people on a better, different level than anyone else. And that's, I think what we're missing is the space for her to yeah. find out who she is yeah. and who she is within the context of this group and, and this culture that is her high school. That is worth more than the education. I think is that piece of it because she's made friends and I I think she's made friends relatively fast. Uh, You know, by October, she had a couple of really good friends and she was going to a school in which she knew one person, you know, nobody, just one person. Um, And they knew each other. They weren't friends, but they've known each other, you know, for a while. But that's pretty cool. I was like, that's really good. That's, they give, they, they create an environment where that can happen. Right. You know, they're, they're, but they're, the important thing is that they're given time to figure out who they are. Yes. And right now, no one has time for anything. So it's, everyone's becoming who they are told that they are. Right. So if you have, and now that you have society where it's so polarized, you're having a whole group of kids coming up that are feeling oppressed yes by the rest of the country and depressed Mm -hmm. (laughs) that too but then so you're so it's hard because no one's everyone's just being told what they are and no one's figuring out and so this problem will never get solved because no one's figuring it out everyone's just doing what they've been doing the time before and the time before and the time before 
God, you're a downer, Lynn. <laughs> Damn. Downer, sorry. Damn, that was downer. Well, the thing is, too, it's like that education is not attainable to everybody. No, it's not. It's a private school. And I mean, it's a prop, like, because yeah. it is beautiful. I mean, I'm, for Billy, he and in his school, he's thriving more than I ever thought. He got in this car yesterday and he's like, Mom, we're starting this um, stock market club or something oh and dork. like finance finance club. Dork. <laughs> total dork you know billy yes he's like, a total dork he's so i was like oh okay he's like yeah we're just you know we're started in where there's this app thing that we're gonna do and create <laughs> and and we're gonna learn about all these finances and i was like great not anything i ever would have thought would have come out of his mouth right but he's in a private school that's small and also because we're sister brother schools um, very similar. Yeah. And they have freedom to grow and learn and learn about themselves. Right. And it's such it's so beautiful getting to experience him doing things that I just didn't think he would be able to do or that he would make the choice to do. Right. To like join National Honor Society. Right. I didn't even know it was a th- like you could do it. And he came home and said he did it. Awesome. I was like, okay, great. He's advocating for himself. Yeah. Everybody should be able to have access to that. Yeah, they should. And they can't. Right. And that's the problem is that because a good portion of the society can't go to a smaller school where you have the freedom to do that, we're just going to keep churning out shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What time is it? I forgot my watch. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Okay. I know Sam has a heart yeah. out, so I just wanted to be, I had no that's idea how I had been talking. Phone right good. Here, yeah. Okay. Well, then good. Um, well, you know, I've talked a lot about, or I think I've talked a lot about, I, I feel really strongly that our national education plan or whatever it is, does not address blue collar kids at all mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of our problem in the country is part of the polarization problem because like I said before, so few kids that I went to school with went to four-year college. Everybody either went to work or went to two-year college. And that was, they embraced, all three of those options were embraced when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Not working and being a lazy ass on your parents' couch was not embraced. But getting a job or going to two-year college or going to a four-year college were all embraced kind of equally i mean everybody was always like wow she's gonna go be a nurse that's amazing you know that was a big deal (laughs) but it was not not a big deal that someone went to technical school and now that doesn't exist in my hometown high school there is technical school like my i've said this so many times but my half of my student population in my junior or senior year in high school went to technical school during school like oh yeah like yeah. after first like after homeroom yeah. they got on a bus and went to technical school yeah. so by the time they graduated they could actually get a skilled labor job or they could continue yeah. at school technical school what's that my high school had that they don't do that anymore no. that doesn't happen anymore there's no home ec in classes there's no shop there's no auto mechanic they used to have auto mechanic at high school for mm-hmm. for me there's no agriculture classes there's no avenue for a kid to make a choice other than getting a minimum wage job 
or going to a four-year college. Mm -hmm. There's no path for that for the general population. And 53% of our population makes a different choice than college or just be, you know, doing nothing or or getting a minimum, minimum wage job. So the educational system is so far off based on the statistics of where people are in this country. That's so disheartening. I would imagine investing in technical school education that happens during high school would save so much money down the long haul and would generate more income in the form of income taxes because they are making more income, which is more taxable money. So I don't understand why we can't kind of sort of shift our focus nationally into this more well-rounded thought process when we were looking at high schools for georgia van nuys high school here locally has technical school on their campus they also have a huge rotc presence Mm. i was so massively impressed with their school they have a performing arts magnet they have a math and science magnet they have a medical magnet that partners with ucla and they had six or eight technical classes and, and like they had auto mechanic at Van Nuys High School. And when I was there, I saw the ROTC like marching mm-hmm. in the quad. And I was going, this is what every single public high school should look like. Every single one of them should have high achieving, regular high achieving, regular not high achieving. You know, yeah. there should be options for everyone because let me tell you something. Isla Kreischer is super smart. All of her new friends, almost all of them at school, are in IHP, which is the individualized, like really highly gifted program. But she (laughs) sucks at school. (laughs) You know, she just is dyslexic. Right. But socially, she's functioning with these really high intellect. Dakota is extremely smart. Dakota is one of her best friends. So to me, I go, well, clearly Isla's really smart. She just doesn't learn like everybody else. Right. And they don't diversify her learning nope. so that she can achieve. It's She has to achieve in this single box. And I think that's such a crime. I feel like I've been on a soapbox this entire podcast. <laughs> I've just talked the whole time. Sorry. But I am really passionate about this. I I. I feel you so much because all of my kids are very smart in very different ways and Kingston has a lot of the same issues not to the extent of Isla but he's probably smarter than the four of them put together because his brain works in such a different way but that kid on paper he's not going to test that way right but it is so much about well but your test scores have to be so high and you know what if you keep studying you can test this high no that's not true it's not true and so it does it irritates the shit out of me too because i am now worried about like well great what what's gonna what do i do for him because you do have to fit into this box or you're kind of screwed you're totally screwed yeah yeah it's aggravating it's awful. And what the message it sends the kid is awful. Terrible. Because my dad, also dyslexic, a C, a C student on a good day, right? Went to technical school in high school, graduated, got two degrees in some form of mechanicking, and has been a mechanic and super happy his whole life. He was a teacher, actually. Mm-hmm. For years, he taught at the vocational school super smart but barely made it out of high school because he doesn't learn like everybody else but because he had that vocational school achievement 
he had self-esteem mm-hmm. so where does a kid like isla get her self-esteem now lucky for us isla has really healthy self-esteem <laughs> <laughs> she is that disposition where she has that in her favor mm-hmm. but there are so many kids who don't have that disposition carter but carter makes good grades no uh, i mean he he doesn't make great grades he doesn't make great grades and he struggles a lot and he is severely down on himself he is a yeah he is down on himself yeah. and i would like to shake him till his head pops off because he has so many positive things going for him it must be really hard to see your it, son. It is. And that's why when he got in a car a few weeks ago and he was like, I want to go to private school. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to, I want to go down that private school route. But I was like, well, okay, let's talk about it. And then when I started talking to him about why he wanted to go and, and he was also having some issues at school um, that... Like social issues? Well, yeah. like yeah. And just the school not really supporting him. Yeah. Um, in fact, putting him in the situation which he was in or he is in, um, I was like, you know what? You fucking deserve it. You deserve it. And we'll do whatever we have to do to get you into private school. Right. And when he's like, I want that relationship with teachers. I want to be able to, to talk to a teacher. Because if he can explain his thought process, then he, he's great. But trying to do something, he just, he doesn't get it. And he doesn't, he gets you know, he gets B's and C's, but he could get all A's, but he's very much, I mean, he is black and white, very like literal. And so when a teacher says do this, he does it, which appears that he's doing the bare minimum, but he's actually in his mind doing exactly what the yeah. teacher asked. Right. Because the teacher didn't say, you know, elaborate on it. Like yeah. it's like, write it on this. And he's like, the differences between this and that. And he's like, writes the legitimate differences, but not philosophical because he doesn't think that way because he's economical isla's economical she's like why would i write a full sentence mm-hmm. when i can answer your question in two words yeah. Yeah. and i go well because it says right in full sentence she's like well that's just a waste of my time <laughs> i've got TikTok, baby i got yeah. shit to do and i'm like but the teacher says like this one teacher <sighs> this one teacher has a definite like uh, vocabulary words she'll have like 20 which is kind of a lot because it's not an English class it's a history class and oh, that's bullshit and and for <laughs> each definition he would like two sentences full sentences defining the word and a picture that you draw Jesus of the word Christ. so when you have 20 words like if the word is church you have to write a full sentence defining church and a full sentence describing or explaining that definition. Not like use the church in a sentence. No, no, no. It has to be another sentence now kind of defining the sentence that defined the word. <laughs> Where I go, she's 12. Oh, my God. B, she's dyslexic. Yeah, I mean, come on. No, this is ridiculous. See, it's a history class. How many ways can you define the word priest? You know, it's kind yeah. of it's a it's a holy man in the church. You know, high wears black it, and white. And I, then yeah, like, he, she really has to draw a picture of a priest. Yes, and he's she's graded on all of it. Yeah, we did one sheet of twenty definitions. It took her an hour and a half. And I'm like, this she's is stupid. This is this is ridiculous. But it's just it's giving her work to do for the sake of doing work. No, 
That's not what he said. Well, that's not what he said. What he said was, he's creating a critical thinker. Where I go, my kid thinks critically differently than verbally. And can't you do that in five sentences or two sentences? Like, why 20? Why 20? And, well, that's the vocabulary that's in the chapter. She needs to know all that vocabulary. But my point is this. There's lots of different types of intelligence, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Isla can look at this table and then build this table. Mm -hmm. That is a spatial intelligence. Mm -hmm. She can't really necessarily look at this table and eloquently describe it in language. Mm -hmm. That is not how her brain works. So why would I ask every single child to eloquently describe this table in language? When some kids like Isla and Carter are going to go, it's a metal table. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not an incorrect answer. Nope. No. But because you haven't expounded and critically thought every inch of it, you're now a failure. That's asking everyone to have the same type of intelligence, which is not what created Steve Jobs or the Rockefellers or Mr. Mulholland, who created the aqueduct system in L.A. I guarantee you those people had inadequacies somewhere and extreme talent in other places, just like our kids that we're talking about and i just don't feel our educational system addresses that and a lot of blue collar kids grow up with blue collar parents Mm -hmm. who don't expound on what this fucking table is Mm -hmm. they go it's a metal table and there's nothing wrong with that at all i think it's great that all when you look at this table all you see is a metal table and and then but when you look at those chickens you see something different than you know, my mother-in-law comes over for the chickens and she's like, oh, disgusting. <laughs> and I see the chickens and go, they're amazing. I get free eggs all the time. They're yes. super easy to take care of. They follow me around the house and talk to me all the time. And she's like, oh, you let them in your house? And I'm like, yeah, I do because they're my pet. Oh, they're a pet? You know, she's very white collar. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. That she doesn't get get it the way I get it. Because why would I ever expect her to? I would never expect her to go in and go, hey, hand me that chicken. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Gigi with a chicken. Her sweater. Hey, no, 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 no. So, but why would we ever expect her to? I would never expect her to embrace the things that I embrace. She has no experience like I have. And I don't have hers either. Right. I mean, she was talking to me over Thanksgiving about all this silver that her, and and she was talking about this silver, and then she was like, and it was sterling, and I went, I don't fucking know what that means. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? Is it fancy? I don't know. I don't know. It was registered and numbered, and it's in some log somewhere, in some log in London, they log all this silver, and I'm like, I didn't even know that happened. I know. I had no idea. No. So why would she like a chicken? I don't know nothing about silver. You know? <laughs> anyway, anything else you'd like to say about the difference between blue collar and white collar since Sam has to leave? So, I know. I mean, I just. Did you learn anything from what I was saying? I mean, yeah. some of the statistics are alarming. They are alarming. Aren't they? Yeah. We're really f- failing our society. We are failing. It's, and I think it, you said, you had said earlier, well, how can you change this? Or what's the solution? I don't know if there is one, but I think, I really think it has to do with early education. I do too. And I think it has a lot to do with what you're saying where, you know, it's, there is no shop. There is no anything other than you're going to go to a four-year school. Yeah. 
And you're right. It's not what every kid's going to do. And, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And it's, it's hard when you have a kid, not that this was even the topic of discussion, but when you have a kid that does, isn't that fit in the box kid. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. Because they don't fit in a box now. They're not going to fit in the box later. And so they're going to no. struggle their entire life. And that's upsetting. Or they'll push persevere. That, I mean, that's two. true. But or they'll rise above. It's always going to be a difficult path. Right. It's yeah. not going to be easy. And that's what, for no good reason other than it's just not what the rest of society says is okay. Right. That's right. It's just about other people's prejudices and uh, opinions. And uh, an excuse to push the mute, mute button. I loved that she said that. I thought that was absolutely right on. And it goes the other way, too. Mm-hmm. The blue collar can find, oh, they're so self-involved and yeah. so self-important. Mute button. Same way as we go, oh, he has a rebel flag on the back of his truck. Mute button. Obviously, I don't support racism. Right. But you you can't close your eyes to the whole person because you don't agree with part of who they are. I don't agree with part of who a lot of people are. And I don't agree with hate. I don't agree with non-acceptance i don't agree with racism i don't agree with any of that but the but people who do believe in those things live in this country with us so how do we not divide ourselves you have to at some point accept that we are all different and that there is a reason for that i guess what is the reason i don't know but they have a reason for believing what they believe and there's some some nobility in just the fact that they people who don't believe the same way we do uh, are a person you know i think Mm -hmm. we forget that they're that people on the other side of the issue is a person that has feelings and family and has gets cancer and loses their dog and wrecks their truck and has an addict in their family just like every white collar family has the same you know well, I think it, like Sam said something that was, you know, a lot of probably what a lot of what I'm thinking is that, you know, we're in this area and we're surrounded by mm-hmm. like somewhat like-minded people. Well, not just that, but people who are very affluent. They're oh, wealthy, Yes. They're, you know, and so when you don't mix with other members of different classes or, you know, like it's pretty white around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you don't mix and you don't see, you just, it's easy to ignore. Very true. And so we don't, you know, we don't see what the South is going through. Right. So it's very hard to be empathetic when that's not in our faces. Mm-hmm. And so it's yes. on this intellectual, like we think, and I, I know like Burton has mentioned this before, like we think we know what those people need. But we don't. No, that's we're not, absolutely. We're not there. And so we can, we're guessing and we're not right. I think that is a very important thing you just said. Yes. I think we, I think the white collar people think they know what mm-hmm. the blue collar people need mm-hmm. and they have no way of knowing. And instead of saying you need this, they should ask the questions maybe. What do you need? Okay, we both agree on hard work. How can we have your hard work make you feel good about yourself? Like my hard work makes me feel good about myself. How can we get back to that place where a man can be a breadwinner? Not that he has to be the breadwinner, but that it's possible that, that he can be a breadwinner in his home 
and feel good about that and not have you know i don't know how do we get back to that place sort of maybe that's what make a great america great again meant to people not women are stuck at home and men are working or any of that kind of stuff maybe it meant something different to the people who feel like they can't adequately take care of their family that feel like they are not doing as well as their parents before them to feel like they are not valued for being blue collar maybe that's what that meant maybe make america great again to the people who that resonated with went back to those murals in the post office that was about construction and railroad and the stuff that we don't have any concept of because to us america is great yeah america is great it's white collar but i don't live in that place you know i don't either it's really hard though because you do have to change a whole it's changing a whole society we can change it within our kids but you don't think the three of us could change the whole U.S.? I mean, it's possible, actually, <laughs> knowing the three of us. But, you know, how strongly we believe in things. Uh, and work ethic. Possible? There's a good work, work ethic there, in this there's room. There's a good work ethic in this room. I mean, it's certainly possible, but it is really sad. I mean, it's we've now gone, it feels like, to one extreme. And how do you go back to a center? I don't know. But we need to find a way, I think. We need to find a way to, to to embrace everything, even the shit. Yeah. Because the shit is part of our history, you know? But everybody wants to erase it. No, it shouldn't be erased. If it can't be. If it's erased, it'll be repeated. But so many people want to erase it, and so many things are not acceptable, and you're not allowed to say this, and you're not allowed to believe this, and you can't, it's like, it's, and you cannot erase history. No. History is why we are here now. But now it's taken to the polar opposite extreme, which is too much. Yeah. I don't know how you find your way back to the center. I don't know. We need a hero. We need a hero. (laughs) We need a hero. Yeah. Who's going to be the hero? You. Heck no, it's not me. (laughs) No, no, no. Halston. Halston's the hero. Good deal. Halston's the hero. We'll make him a cape with a big eight. Yes. I don't know. I think that's what the country needs. The country needs a, a, a hero. That's somebody that everybody can get behind. And I don't know who that person will be or when that we, will happen. Yeah, we haven't had a hero in a long time. It's been a very long time. So I think it's time. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me about this subject. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I've, yeah. I've, clearly, I enjoyed this podcast. It stimulated a lot of thought, thinking for me. And I hope it kind of came across you know yeah it did instead of just me on a soapbox babbling about education but anyway thanks for discussing thank you